welcome to episode 17 of the Burning Bush Podcast, uh, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. So thanks for taking some time out of your week to uh, spend some time listening to the podcast. So this week I'm smoking the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua Toro. Which is a cigar that actually was discovered by my, my neighbor. She saw it on uh, Instagram when it was a new release and uh, looked interesting, so tried it out and really liked it. I'm not going to read uh, the description off their, their website because it really doesn't have much of anything to say. So I'm going to go and read uh, the description that's on the Cigars International website. There's a little, little, little more detail that the uh, the Altadis website that, that sells uh, the Romeo y Julieta cigars has. But I'll leave that in the show notes anyway. So the Cigars International website says, uh, A.J. Fernandez and Rafael Nodal have come together again with amazing collaboration and developed Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua, a blend that some may even say even surpasses the original Reserva Real in excellence. A year and a half in the making, the two cigar masters developed the follow-up to be more complex and fuller in body than the original, while still making sure it wasn't overwhelmingly strong. Using only tobaccos grown on A.J. Fernandez's farm in Esteli, Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua flaunts flavors of a distinguished puro. With a medium full profile, one can expect notes of cedar, leather, and toast to dance across the palate, while the exceptional craftsmanship allows for a draw that is effortless and a burn that is solid throughout, enhancing the experience. Don't miss out on your chance to try the newest cigar from the Romeo y Julieta collection. It will make you fall in love with the brand all over again. And the uh, sizes that they offer are Churchill, seven by 50. The Magnum, Gordo, which is a six by 60. Robusto, five by 50. And the Toro, which uh, I'm smoking, is a six by 54. And the interesting thing is on the uh, Altidus website, they only offer, they only show them offering the two sizes, which is the Magnum, the 660, and the Toro. So I don't know what's what's going on there, but like I said, the, the link on their website doesn't have much information about the cigars, and they only show that it comes in two sizes, so I'm a little confused about that. But I'll leave that link in the show notes anyway, just so you have it. Oh, and uh, one other thing I didn't mention was the tobaccos. Wrapper, binder, filler, all Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan puro. So, all Nicaraguan tobaccos. Now that we've taken care of this week's cigar, let's go on and move into uh, this week's reading of Mike Heiser's book, What Does God Want? This is the last section of chapter 4. And it's entitled, Satan and His Minions, Dumb and Dumber. There's one more twist in this story that I don't want you to miss. You may have wondered something. I know I did. 
more than once. If the death and resurrection of Jesus overturned the effects of what the serpent, Satan, had done, and impeded the wickedness that permeated the world, and amounted to taking away the authority of the defiant gods of the nations, why in the world would Satan and the other evil spirits ever kill Jesus? It seems blazingly stupid. I would agree. Think about it. The key to everything in God's plan was Jesus' death. Because you have to have a death in order to have a resurrection that overcomes death. And Jesus could not have gone back to be with God the Father if his mission was not accomplished. Which means the Spirit could not have come to deal with depravity. If Satan and all the other powers of darkness had just let Jesus alone, God's plan would have failed. Are they supernatural idiots? I've written a lot about this topic. It's fascinating. The New Testament actually answers this question. In talking about the good news, the gospel, of Jesus that he preached, the Apostle Paul said, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Rulers is a word Paul used elsewhere for evil members of the spirit world. Ephesians 3.10 6.12 and Colossians 1.16. The point is simple. Satan, demons, and the rival sons of God didn't know what God's plan was. For sure, they knew who Jesus was when he started his ministry. They called Jesus the Son of God and Son of the Most High. Matthew 4, 1 through 11, 8.29, Mark 1, 12 through 13, 21 to 24 and 311 and Luke 4 1 through 13 31 to 37 and 828 The Old Testament made it pretty clear that God still wanted a human family to rule with him just like the original idea of Eden Satan and his buddies could have guessed Jesus was here to get that ball rolling but they had no idea how the logical thing in their view was to kill him. But that was the key to everything. God played them like fools. It's easy to chuckle about how much smarter God was than any of his supernatural enemies. But let's not miss the point. God joined humanity, not to make Satan or demons look silly. He did it because he wanted you in his family. He needed no other motive. You were enough. But there's still more to the story. Jesus did his part. We need to take a closer look at the Spirit's role for a simple but significant reason. It's directly tied to our roles in helping God recruit as many people as possible back into his family. And that's the end of this week's reading, the last section of cha uh, chapter 4, titled Satan and His Minions, Dumb and Dumber. And next week, 
we'll uh, head into chapter five, see what that holds. And I, again, I encourage you, as I do every week, to uh, check out the show notes. A lot of important stuff in there. Not only the link to uh, each week's cigar, but links to uh, all of Mike Heiser's stuff. There's a link there to his author page, so you can check out all of his books. Uh, there's a link to the Awakening uh, Mike's Awakening School of Theology, his Naked Bible podcast. And uh, last week I introduced a new ministry that I'm... Uh, involved in called Groundworks Ministries uh, by Steve Wiggins and his wife Steve Wiggins as I said last week was, was the uh, lead singer of the Christian rock band Big Tent Revival back in the uh, 90's and early 2000's one of my favorite Christian bands to this day still so so go there check out the links take advantage of all the information and until next week have a great day have a great cigar and God bless.